Okay, so we've been talking about salvation. Who could tell me the passage that we've been looking at that just simply breaks down the gospel message that the apostles preached? Anybody? Very good. First Corinthians 15. Turn there quickly. But we read it every week. I know. So we remember. First Corinthians 15. Verse 1. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. Say gospel. <laughs> which I preached to you, which also you received. So we have to preach the gospel, and then we have to receive the gospel. People receive the gospel, in which you also stand. We stand in it. We stand in this good news. Gospel means good news. By which also you are saved. Say saved. saved. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Then he appeared to Cephas, the 12, 500, and me. Um, amen. Now, this is a gospel. Jesus, three things. He was dead, buried, rose again, and appeared. Dead, buried, rose again, and peered, appeared. This is really, that last one's really important too because it was Paul, he's saying, I've seen the risen Jesus. I've had an encounter with the risen Jesus and you, you have an, there, it's available to you, every single person in, this, in here to have a personal encounter with Jesus so that when you share a testimony, you're not just sharing the facts of Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, but saying, I've met this man, I've talked to him, he's told me, I know he loves me because he's told me. Amen, I like that. Um, but, so we preach the message, we hear, we receive the gospel, what are the four responses that the book of Acts most uh, systematically outlines for, for our response when we hear the gospel? Who can, who can name them in order? Rubber. Rubber. <laughs> Rubber is our acronym. Who can? Let's do it. Repent. Believe. Believe in what? Yes. <laughs> believe in the Lord Jesus. Yes. It's interesting that it says believe in the Lord Jesus. Lord is really important. Be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. Very good. Receive the Holy Spirit. I like to repeat, 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 lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat, over and over. Rubber helps you. So someone comes up to you and they says, how, what must I do to be saved or what shall we do um, this is what Peter told him to do. He said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's exciting news. Today, we're going to talk about this one. Be baptized. Baptism, Holy Spirit, we're just going to pray right now. Father, come, give revelation today. God, set us free from wrong mindsets. Show us who we are in Christ and what the power of being dunked, about being baptized does in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, baptism, um, when someone repents and believes in the Lord Jesus, the first act after that um, response always was water baptism. Be baptized. Now, in a lot of evangelism today, if someone says, I want to get saved, the common thing for an evangelical um, person to do is to lead them through a prayer, give them a Bible, and connect them with the local church. 
These are all very helpful things, and I encourage you to do those. (laughs) However, um, in the book of Acts, when someone wanted to receive Jesus, um, which is, by the way, not a term that we can find in the Bible, um, it was the, the, the command was not pray a prayer, get plugged into a church, and, 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 and read your Bible. The command, and these are commands, every single one of them, was repent, turn away from your sins and dead works, believe in the Lord Jesus, and then get dunked in water. And it, it, like they did it immediately. Um, and we have, um, uh, I'll get into that later. I'm really excited about talking about baptism and have such a little time. So it's okay. But um, so it's the first response of a, pen, of a penitent believer. Now, immersion, baptism throughout the Bible and in Jewish culture, they did it. Um, they, you'll, you'll find this in the Old Testament. The priest would, would, um, would, would get would, would go through washings for, um, for consecration. Aaron and all of his, and all the, all the priests and Levites had to go through a washing, go through and receive um, anointing of oil on their heads. Um, there, was, there was washing done before and after sacrifices. There was a washing was done after, context with the, after, after contact with the corpse, after, after um, I'll just say it, it's in the Bible, bodily discharges, um, skin diseases, um, um, even even men and women before marriage, they would get dunked, and it's a it's a putting away of the old life and 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 being clean to be presented before before their spouse on their wedding day. Um, so, in Jesus' day, um, oh, and last of all, it was converts to Judaism. If if someone wanted to convert to Judaism, um, an immersion or a mikvah was was part of the process. Um, so and circumcision. <laughs> Um, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> like, ah, they didn't tell me that. Um, <laughs> um, so Jesus Day, we have a man called John the Soaker. John, we we heard we we think of it as John the Baptist. He's not a Baptist. Um, he's a baptizer. <laughs> Would probably be a better translation. But um, but he he got this name, John the Soaker, John the Dunker, John the Plunger. Because he had this habit of dunking people in water and pulling them back out, um, and so that's uh, and it's um, what's what's is possible that as he was dunk, I mean, multitudes would come out to the wilderness to hear him preach, would get baptized, um, and, um, and 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 I mentioned that part of immersion was was to a Jew or, or, or a Gentile converting to Judaism, they would get washed and clean from from their sin and come up in new life. Um, John was practicing, possibly practicing this proselytite baptism, except he wasn't doing it to the Gentiles, he was doing it to the Jews, which would have been very offensive um, to people because he's telling them, God's people, no, you need to be baptized. You need to be restored and in, 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 enter into new life. Um, and uh, and a, lot of, a number of the Pharisees actually refused this baptism. Um, so, with baptism, John had a baptism of repentance. He baptized people in water into repentance. He baptized them in water into a life of repentance. And when a person got baptized, this was, um, it was like the consummation of, of, their, of, their, of their repentance. It was, it was, it was it, in the same in the book of Acts. When people repented and put faith in Jesus, those were always the first steps. Repent and believe, and then this, as a baptism was not the initiation, but it was the consummation of their, of their walk with Jesus. Um, I think of it this way, like a marriage, um, that, uh, that 
two people, they fall in love first before they get married. But the marriage and the vows and the honeymoon um, um, is the consummation of that love and of that marriage. And um, John the Baptist and even Paul, they would, they would exhort people to, to prove their repentance before they baptize them. What does that look like? You've got to ask the Holy Spirit. But, um, but John, people would come up, Pharisees would come up to John wanting to be baptized, and he refused to baptize them because there was no fruit of repentance in their life. Um, this is, uh, think, think of it this way. If a, if a pastor, he's, he's, uh, he's marrying a man and a woman, he might say to them, prove to me that you're in love, and then I will marry you. Um, now, I'm not preaching a works-based Salvation. I, there are so many disclaimers I can I can I can give right here, but um, but uh, there was there was a fruit in a lifestyle of repentance that um, that that people were being immersed into um, as they as they were getting baptized. But um, um, it was the first act of faith and obedience was being dunked in water. And in the New Testament, there was no such thing as a believer that hadn't been baptized. Um, that was the first response um, given. So um, let's look at how baptism was done in the Bible. I have a little video for you. <laughs> I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight, we are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea if you... Thank you. We love it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it's a water baptism promo for another church. By the way, we got a pool, so if you need to be baptized today, we're going to dunk you. Um, now, the reason I showed you this video, A, because it's one of my favorite movies, um, it's funny. And, uh, and so I agree with the power that, that Nacho, our friend Nacho over there, believed, he believed in the power of baptism and what happened during it. Um, I don't agree with, you know, the, <laughs> how he went about it. So how was it done in the Bible? Well, this word baptizo, this word baptized is actually not a word in English. It is a transliteration of a Greek word, baptizo, um, um, and, uh, and what I, I, I really wish our Bibles would, would, um, use the exact meaning of the word, because what that word baptism has done is it's, uh, is it hasn't given the full meaning. Um, the word actually means there's a lot of D's and a lot of S's that you can use to translate that word. The D's drench, dip, dunk, duck, deluge. The S's soak, steep, swamps, um, I have sweet, but that must be an error. Saturate. <laughs> um, so, steep, swamp, saturate. It is, it is a full-on immersion 
um, in, in the Bible. Um, and in fact, in our, in our Bible, um, I learned recently that, that there is uh, translators will not translate that word baptism into its actual Greek meaning because of the division and because of the problems it would cause with different views on how people practice baptism. Um, but when you read that word baptized in your Bible, dunk, soak, deluge, swamps, not sweet, saturate, dip, dunk, duck, all that thing. Um, John was called John the Baptist, John the soaker, John the dunker, John the plunger. Jesus was also called the baptizer, the soaker. Except John said, I baptize you in water, I dunk you in water, but there's coming one who's going to dunk you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Oh, Jesus, we're going to talk about that next week. It's going to be so awesome. It's my favorite. Um, but in, uh, in John 3, 23, um, we see that John was baptizing, John the Baptist, he was dunking people in a particular geographic location, in Selam. Why? Because there was plenty of water there. He was fully immersing people, and he picked that particular geographic location because there's water. Wherever there's water, that's what I say. Let's go baptize there. Um, in Acts 8, leap, the Ethiopian eunuch that Philip preached to, he went down into the water and came back up fully, fully. In the Greek Orthodox Church, the Greeks know Greek, um, so they read that word, and they, they practice infant baptism, um, which I disagree with, and I'm going to explain a little bit of that. Um, but, um, but even the baby... They fully <laughs> immerse like three times, <laughs> poor child, <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, you know, the service is over because of all practical reasons. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, baby's screaming. Um, but, uh, but so they, they get the idea, even, even in, in the Greek Orthodox Church. They read that word, they know it's a full immersion. Um, why? Why is this important? Why, why is it not enough to just sprinkle or dip water on your head? Um, two reasons, because bat or, uh, baptism has a double meaning, has a double meaning. First of all, baptism is a cleansing. It's a washing. It's a bath. Um, but secondly, it's a burial. It's a burial. And something spiritually significant actually happens when your body goes under that water and comes back up. And I'll talk about that in a minute. It's a bath for those that are dirty, and it's a burial for those that are dead. It's a burial of the old man, of the old nature. Um, Heidi Baker, uh, maybe I've, some of you have heard me share this before, that uh, she, she had a whole line of people getting baptized, and the government actually tried to shut down her ministry and accuse her ministry because she was exposing all of these children to, um, to dirty water by fully dunking and soaking. She just had a whole line of people, and she's like, well, you know, like by like the 10th person, <laughs> you know, she's literally pulling people out of, out of the dirt, out of ditches, out of garbage dumps. They surrender their lives to Jesus, and, and they get dunked, and, they're, they're, um, and, and the, the dirt from their body is left in the water, but also the dirt from their past is left in that water, and they come up clean and new. Hallelujah. Um, why was baptism done? There are many, many passages in the New Testament explaining baptism and what it, what it accomplishes. And what's interesting is that most aren't about the act of man in being baptized and what he does. It's actually about the act of God and what he's doing during that moment. The Bible does not describe baptism as a symbol, but as an event that has spiritual significance. And there's something that happens in the physical act of baptism that affects your spirit right in that moment. 
Um, some of you may have heard that it's an outward sign representing an inward reality. That is not the testimony of Scripture. In physical, there, there's the Lord of, that he, he often combines when we do something in the natural, that through that physical act, something is done in the spirit at that moment. Um, it's an example. Someone had come up for prayer one time and, and felt, uh, felt these chains, um, just, just demonic chains covering, covering their neck. And so, um, so we prayed, just like, okay, Lord, why are those chains there? Um, and, uh, and, and so what I felt like the Lord wanted me to do was to take my hands and physically lift those chains off. I did it three times, and he felt it. He felt it lift through that physical act. Um, there's a, there was in a place in the Bible, in the, in one of the kings, one of the prophets came up to one of the kings of Israel and told him to strike the ground, strike the ground, strike the ground. And he only struck it three or four times. And he's saying, you should have struck it more times because now you're only going to defeat your enemies three or four times, whereas you could have overtaken them had you kept striking, kept striking. There was a physical act involved in something being released in the spirit realm. And that is exactly what happens with baptism. It is not a symbol. It's an event. Um, so I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to go through some of these passages that talks about what happens, what God is doing during that, that uh, physical act of baptism. Uh, Mark 16, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Will be saved. John 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He's saying, in order to, he's saying, you must be born, of, born again to enter and to see the kingdom of God. How many of you have heard a sermon on being born again? How many of you have been, been explained to you what that means? <laughs> okay, good. Um, Jesus, when he said be born again, he explained, the Nicodemus was confused. Does that mean I got to go back into the womb of my mother? No, 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 no. Here's what happens. Being born again means being born out of water and out of spirit. He's making a, Jesus is making a direct reference to water baptism and spirit baptism in this passage. And what he was doing, he was talking to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee that was refusing John's baptism. And he was saying to him, Nicodemus, unless you submit to, this, to, to water baptism, you will not enter the kingdom of God. You will not see it. Um, water in the Bible... It means water, you see. <laughs> don't complicate it. Don't, don't over-symbolize things in the Bible unless it tells you. There's, there's places where it talks about living water, representing the Holy Spirit, but, but when water is mentioned in the Bible, unless the text tells you otherwise, it actually means water. Um, so, Acts chapter 2, Peter says, Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. He links repentance and baptism for um, experiencing, um, experiencing salvation. In Acts 9, um, um, Ananias is telling Paul. He goes up to him, lays hands on him, and he says, rise up and be plunged, be dunked, having your sins washed away. There's a washing away of sin that happens through the act of water baptism. Ephesians 5, it says, Jesus cleanses us with the washing of water and with the word. And I want to really explain that passage. A lot of times we read that passage as he, he sanctifies us with the washing of the water of the word. And we just jump it all together. Um, that's, that's really, it actually is read, he, wash, he sanctifies us with the washing of water 
It's a reference to baptism and with the word. He speaks his word over us, but there is a, the act of water baptism plays a significant role in experiencing cleansing um, in your spirit. Hebrews 10, let us come near to the throne of grace, having our bodies washed in water and having our conscience sprinkled clean. There is a washing, again, that occurs. First Peter, and this is the most intense um, passage in the Bible was talking about water baptism. Baptism now saves you. Not by the washing of dirt from the water, but an appeal of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, he, uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a very strong statement, but he's, di- he's directly connecting the experience of salvation with water baptism. So, baptism saves. Must you be baptized in order to be saved? Yes. Yes. Some of your <laughs> works. No. Let me explain something quickly. A lot of us think of saved as going to heaven. But when the Bible talks about salvation, it actually, instead of not just going to heaven or safe from hell, whoops, actually what he's talking about is saved from sins. Saved from sins. There is a deliverance that occurs in your spirit. There's a freedom from demonic power and the, and, and the authority of sin over your life when you go under that water and you come back up. And it is saving you from the power of sin in your life. That's what it means in the Bible when it says baptism saves you. It frees you from sin. That is a good message to preach to people, that you can be saved from the power and the dominion of sin over your life. It can be completely broken off and you can walk in the freedom and the love of Jesus Christ. You don't have to submit to that sin anymore. And I find that many, many people that don't know Jesus really do want to be saved from the sin that's dominating their life. They don't want to be oppressed. And if we are just concerned with going to heaven, then water baptism will have little to no significance in our walk with Jesus. But if we are concerned with being rescued out of the dominion of Satan and walking in the kingdom of light today, then we will want to be water baptized immediately um, to break off that old man. So um, there are a few, I'm going to go quickly through these. There are a few pictures in the Bible of water baptism. Um, first of all, the crossing of the Red Sea. There's a, you, you, you're familiar with the story. You had the Israelites coming out of Egypt, out of the slavery, out of the, out of the dominion of Pharaoh, and coming in, it says in the Bible, that they were baptized into Moses. They were, they were leaving the leadership of a, of, a, of a wicked king and coming under the leadership of God's anointed, of Moses. And there was, there, was a, um, there, was, there was a washing that, that occurred during that time. And, um, and what the crossing of the Red Sea was, a, was to a Jew in relation to Pharaoh, water baptism is in relation to, um, to, to the believer with Satan. So they were coming completely out of the domain 
of Pharaoh. And just as you enter water baptism, you go down, you come back up, all of the power of Satan in your life is completely swallowed and devoured. And every demonic grip over your life is drowned in that sea, in, 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 that, in that pool, in that horse trough, in that kiddie pool. Um, it's, it's swallowed up. Baptism is deliverance. And I believe that, you know, we, and I believe so much in the value of, 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 of deliverance and inner healing ministry. Um, but I think that if, we're, if we start getting a grasp on what happens in our spirit and who we are now, as we've been, as we've been, we buried that old nature and we've been washed away, that, that Satan, it says he's been disarmed over your life. All of his power has been, has been, has, he's been rendered powerless. And what's happened is that those demons have been swallowed up in baptism and they have no right to oppress your life anymore. I meet believers and I was in this state um, um, a few years ago where I just this fear of what the enemy was constantly gonna do to me. And just this, this fear of, oh, I, I feel a demon or I, I feel the demon oppressing me or I feel this, that. And we need to be aware of the enemy's schemes. And there's, there's things that the Lord wants us to do to take the ground and to cut off the head of a snake and to, and to, and to release people from oppression. Um, but there is this, there's this reality that happens that when you go under that water, you come back up. Satan has no power over you anymore. There's, there's, there's none. There's none. Jesus, help me get this. Help us get this. It's been swallowed up just like Pharaoh and all of the Egyptian army. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, this is why Satan hates baptism so much. Because he knows that if you go under and come back up, he's lost his grip over your life. Be baptized. Um, in the Middle East, when Muslims get baptized, a lot of the... Um, the, the Islamic um, um, authorities, they don't mind so much if people are going to, going to church, but if someone gets water baptized, persecution starts breaking out um, because there is an agreement with Jesus and there is a breaking of the power of Satan that happens in water baptism. So um, Noah's flood. God brought Noah out of the flood into a new world, new life, same as it was with the Christian. And all of the evil that they were in the midst of was swallowed up in the flood. And, the, and they were lifted up above it. And just in the same way, you are lifted up above, seated, in, seated with Christ in the heavenlies, above every power and principality. And it's all drowned in, that, in, that, in, the, in the waters of baptism. Um, quick testimony. There is, I heard a story of a guy who, who used to be a hell's angel and who had a tattoo of Satan on his back. And he, got, he ended up getting born again, you know, um, repenting and believing. We'll be more specific. Um, and he wanted to get water baptized, but he was afraid to because he didn't want his, his, uh, his tattoo to show um, of, of, of Satan on his back. And he tried to get it removed first, and the tattoo guy's like, this is going to cost you a lot of money. This is all over his back. You've got to do a major surgery. He's like, I don't have the money for that. Sorry. So the guy ends up getting baptized anyway. He comes up out of the water, and the tattoo of Satan disappears off of his back completely. <laughs> God, come on, Jesus. Try to tell that guy that baptism is just a symbol. Won't work. Guarantee you. <laughs> God says, that's my son. I don't want Satan living on his back anymore. Bury that demon. Um, Colossians 2, 11 to 12. That it's, it's Paul, or uh, yeah, Paul um, describes it like circumcision. Just there's a removal of flesh and circumcision. There's a removal of the sinful nature is cut off. 
at water baptism. That that old nature, that old self, is, is cut off from your life and buried from that day. And there's a, whole, there's a severing with the old identity that you don't have to pick up anymore, and it's buried. Um, and it, I love Colossians 2, 11 to 12. It says that, it says that he is, he is, he's nailed all of those requirements against us to the cross, and he's disarmed the rulers and authorities and the powers. Satan's power over your life has been severed in the name of Jesus. Come on. It's a burial. It is an actual, it's not like a burial, it is a burial. It is a burial of that Romans 6, that we're buried with him and raised into newness of life. So it's an essential practice and a truth that, that, that for overcoming sin addiction. That's what Paul's doing in, in the book of Romans, saying these are truths to help you walk in freedom from, the, from sin. It says you've been buried with him in baptism, raised up into new life. Now you're dead to sin, alive to God, and you don't have to submit to the authority of sin in your life anymore. You're dead, and you've been raised up in new life. That's good news. That's good news. Um, there's a, um, it's, and, and so we, we come and we identify with the death and the burial of Jesus and the new life um, that we come up with. So it's not enough to say Jesus was crucified for me, but we say I've been crucified in Christ with him. It's not enough to say Jesus was buried for me. It says I was buried with him in the waters of baptism. It's not enough to say Jesus rose up from the dead, but I have been raised up with him. And we identify with him completely in all of those actions. Satan uses fear to keep people from being baptized. I was in Belize on a mission trip, and uh, the, the pastor there was saying how um, many Christian groups come in and, and preach the gospel, and all these kids come up front crying, and, 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 but, but, they, but they, don't, they refuse baptism. And then the next group comes in, and then they, they cry, they come up, they refuse baptism, and they end up back in these old patterns of life over and over again. And this pastor said something very interesting to me. He says, I will believe that someone has truly come to the Lord whenever, if they will submit to water baptism. Um, and what, I, what we found was that people were so afraid that once they got dunked in water, that if they were to mess up afterwards, the Lord would just totally disown them and cut them off. And there's this fear that Satan puts that if you mess up at all after you, after you get baptized, that, that it's over. Um, some people would, some, some Christian groups throughout history have, have even delayed water baptism until right before someone dies because they're afraid they'd go to hell if they sinned afterwards. That is, that is, a, a, that is a false teaching. Um, repentance does come before baptism. Um, there's, and there's, there's fruit of repentance. But, so repentance comes first, but, but perfection doesn't. Perfection doesn't. And people are, are, get this idea that they have to work up to a certain level of spirituality before they can fully, um, before, they, they, before they can get baptized. But what's, what the truth is, is that when you are, you're truly, sincerely repentant and believe in Jesus, that an, an essential part of your freedom from that sin that's been dominating your life is to get baptized and to come back up because the power of hell will be buried in those waters. Be baptized. Um, so, a um, couple of questions usually come up. What about in infant baptism? What about baptismal regeneration? Some of you may or may not be familiar with that term. I don't really have time to go into that. I want to recommend a book that does, or really two books, um, Purple Book. <laughs> People that are familiar with Every Nation Ministries, that's what I used to work for. You'd, 
You'd come to a meeting, you'd encounter Jesus, they'd, they'd lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit, you'd get baptized, and they'd say, okay, now that you love Jesus, here's your purple book. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> Have you done the purple book? Um, and it's a great book. I think it's an excellent resource. just goes through biblical foundations, um, and you get to see with your own eyes in the scriptures what, um, what the Bible's saying about these things. But also a book by David Pawson, Normal Christian Birth, and he really breaks down um, all these four things really well, which I erased. Um, and uh, and he, he addresses infant baptism, baptismal generation, regeneration. But I will say this, that I do not believe that infant baptism fits with Scripture. Um, we always saw it as something done after repentance and faith. Um, and it was, uh, and, and, and infant baptism, in my opinion, either, if, if that's what we're practicing, one of two things is, is going on. Either, either we've put an emphasis on baptism that says you have to get dunked in order to go to heaven. And we've made this baptism, this magical formula to, oh, as long as we baptize a baby, it's okay. Um, and and it's, it's been surrounded by a lot of superstition. So it's either that or it turns baptism into a mere symbol and not any type of spiritual significance going on. Um, but, um, but baptism in the scriptures, it saves and washes us from actual com- sins that, that we committed in our past. And it washes us away. And that's so important because when you come out of those waters, you can be confident that the cleansing has occurred and that the Lord sees you as clean. Um, baptismal regeneration basically says that, that baptism itself saves you from hell. Um, I do not believe that is the case. Um, baptism saves, but again, the Bible definition of salvation is not safe from hell, it's saved from sins. It's saved from the power of sin and the dominion of Satan over your life. It's the ability to walk in newness of life. Um, So, um, worship team, I want you to come on up. I really would would charge us to get away from preaching a gospel message that merely saves us from hell and not from sin. Um, I love forgiveness. I love the idea of going to heaven. I love talking about heaven and teaching on heaven. teach on it in class. I've taught on it here a few months ago. Um, and, 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 and there's a reality of heaven. There's a reality of hell. Um, and, and, and I don't, I don't shy away from that. And, and, um, um, but, um, but what is good news to a person is that that thing oppressing your life right now, you can be free from. the Lord wants to do a couple of things today. If you, if you have not been water baptized, um, you, you believe, you've genuinely repented and believed, but there's just been something holding you back, say it today, get up, get baptized, have your sins washed away. And I say to you today that, that, that those of you that have been water baptized, the Lord wants to, wants to he, he washes us with the water of baptism and he sanctifies us with baptism, but he sanctifies us with the word, and the word of the Lord over your life is clean. The word of the Lord over your life is washed and cleansed. The word, over your, word of the Lord over your life is that that old identity has been completely severed and cut off, and you don't have to identify with that anymore. In 2007, I was going up for prayer, and there was, there was I, I, I'd, I'd been water baptized. I had been, I'd been filled with the Spirit. 
But there was, there, was, there was something I wasn't connecting about my identity as a new creation in Christ. And it was a friend leading me saying, I have drawn the line. I have buried that old identity and that old nature. And I have new life and I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. today we are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That Lord, that sin, that sin no longer has power over our lives. It's no longer our master and that we've been freed from the slavery and the oppression of Satan and that you have disarmed the rulers and authorities over our life and that you've made us alive together with your son, Jesus Christ. Pray, Lord, you would come with the word of the Lord right now into our minds. You declare you're clean. You're clean. If you need to be dumb, in water or if you were if you were sprinkled or dipped as I, I, I believe that I, I was I was sprinkled as a baby um, and and when I was when I was 19 someone asked me if I'd been water baptized I was afraid of being baptized because I was taught that if I got baptized again it would be sin and it would be dishonoring to the Lord um, that is a lie that is a lie there is there's so much Satan has surrounded this truth of what happens in baptism with lies to keep you from being free saying today you need to be dumped you need to be dumped repent believe in the lord jesus be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and if that's you if you want if you if you know i need to be baptized today i want i want you to come up here on my on my it'll be your right side we've we've got a pool ready i've got i brought some towels i brought a change of, i didn't bring a change of clothes i've got extra in my car <laughs> i'll let you borrow some Bury that old nature today. Bury it. Say, I'm done with it. And if you today, if you you have been baptized, you want someone to come and agree with you on those truths that have been spoken of, washed and clean, you can come up if you need.